There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports. Rather, it's positive or negative. The Yankees have swept the Twins. Minnesota Sports Chat has you covered. Talking nothing but Minnesota sports all year long. It's time now for the soon-to-be award-winning, if only in his own mind, Minnesota Sports Chat with your host, Ross Brendel. Edition number 207 of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat presented by my friends at Beans Coffee Company. You know the drill. Promo code SPORTSCHAT at coffeebybeans.com will save you some cash on delicious small batch roasted coffee. Doogie, I may need a new intro here pretty soon because we're going to have the NBA champions. Per Twitter yesterday, we're going to have Drake May. Your Minnesota Twins are going to win the division again. I don't know what to think about the Minnesota Wild, but there's going to be a lot of new stuff to insert into that open. It is fun times, Ross. Thank you for welcoming me back to your podcast episode. What is it? 207. Seven? Unofficially, I might be off by they one. They haven't kicked somewhere. you out of the studio yet, huh? No. Well, they can't kick me out if I time it when they're not here. Oh, that's that's yes. the way to do it, Dukes. That's the way to do it. I like it. Now, you had me thinking. So you're like, okay, the Wolves win the championship. So that's June. I'm still trying to figure out. Will it be Glenn Taylor hoisting the Larry <laughs> O'Brien trophy? Or will it be... Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie. How about a little scoop for you to start this? Okay, great. Because the next time I do one of these, it's with Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Reckless Speculation Thursday on, hey, February 29th. How lucky are we, Ross? February 29th this year. We get an extra day. I'll let the listeners decide if they feel lucky or not by having an extra day. So we're chatting here on Wednesday night, February 28th. Happy hump day, by the way. Thank you. Same to you. So I sent Glenn Taylor a message today. Missed his call. My phone was on silent, stupidly. And he left me a voicemail, though. I was trying to get clarity. So there is another deadline on Thursday, February 29th, well, how guess much, what? How many deadlines are There's there? There's been way too many. This has been a wonky process. I mean, heck, you could argue. I mean, we go all the way back to what? April of 2021. So over the course of darn near three years, like there are going to be bumps in the road. Like how would there not be with that length of time? But yes, this specifically, it's been a wild ride. I still think we get to the finish line with Mark and Alex eventually becoming majority owners. But we need to push back yet another deadline. So they were supposed to meet Mark and Alex a deadline here on Thursday, February 29th. But Glenn Taylor in a voicemail that he left me said, hey, I don't know when we'll get it done, but it's not going to be on Thursday. So dumb question here, Doogie. And I've been thinking about this and I don't know necessarily how to phrase it. And I also really don't think it's an issue because we would have heard this by now or other people would have talked about it and maybe you have done some digging or you've talked about this and I just haven't heard it so apologies if you have but as a Timberwolves fan with new ownership coming in there of course is a payroll that they can you know a max but then they can hit those thresholds but in a roundabout way if it's this hard for them to come up with the money to buy the team do we need to be worried about having cash poor owners even though they're rich does that make sense well, like, this, yes. seems, this seems like a pretty damn big struggle. Your inquiry on the surface makes sense. What you need to know, what the listeners need to know, is you can have up to 25 limited partners. Yes. Yep. So really, in the end, the amount, the percentage that Mark and Alex actually own of the Wolves... Like, we're not talking 51% ownership. Correct. They're just going to have the biggest chunk of ownership. Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm maybe not, not quite sure. Maybe not. Okay. They may have somebody that invests even more than they do, but is a silent partner. That there's so much money to be made in NBA ownership. You think about this next national television deal. I think there's a decent chance to good chance to maybe even great chance. What, five to ten years from now, Las Vegas? Seattle expansion teams, maybe some other city. I think two, but maybe it's not Vegas and Seattle. Maybe it's Vegas and Louisville or Vegas and you name another city, Nashville. All right. 
But I think there will be two expansion teams. To me, I would bet on Vegas and Seattle. Think about the money, right, that will come in. Expansion fees, right? There is so much money to be made as an NBA owner that they will have some silent partners. We may not know who they are. We'll know some. In fact, some of the names are out there even right now. I've mentioned one or two along the way going back the last 18 months or so. And it doesn't really matter. Like, if you're a fan, all you care about is, okay, sustainability, right, of the franchise here in Minnesota. What will that look like? We know that Mark and Alex are going to fight for a new arena. What does that process look like? And, yes, ultimately, are they willing to invest? And to me, Ross... When you're knocking on the door of a championship, so let's see how the next four months play out. But if we're talking about the Wolves winning multiple rounds, the Wolves getting to the final four in the NBA, which means the Wolves get to the Western Conference Finals, you can't then blow this thing up. So, yes, we're talking about exceeding the luxury tax, exceeding the first apron, the second apron, which handcuffs you. But guess what? The core is in place. Like the idea... When they traded for Monte Morris was, hey, pending free agent, but we want Morris here beyond this year. There was talk going back to training camp, media day. Hey, yes, Mike Conley Jr. entering the final year of his contract, but hey, we see him here beyond this year. Well, guess what? During the All-Star break, they reach agreement on a two-year extension. Even potentially Kyle Anderson, right? Do you work out a deal there? Keep him around. But if you don't, You think there's a chance that Leonard Miller, Josh Minot, those two guys in particular, but maybe even a Wendell Moore Jr. elevating his play to become a role-type guy, but certainly Leonard Miller, Josh Minot, that one of those guys can eat some of these Kyle Anderson minutes that you have your core in place, that you don't trade Carl Anthony Towns. So that's the idea. Now, if the Wolves lose in the first round, right, it's matchups based. Like, okay, let's say the Wolves are the one seed. Are you positive, Ross, right now, as we sit here on Wednesday night, February 28th, are you positive if the Dallas Mavericks are the eighth seed? Or you know what? The New Orleans Pelicans are the eighth seed. Are you positive the one seed Wolves beat the eight seed New Orleans Pelicans? So this is why we work so well together, Doogie. And by the way, if people haven't figured it out, this is Darren Doogie Wolves in KSTP Channel 5 Score North Zone. I'm going to pull a doogie. You know, sometimes you'll take out your phone, you'll show it to me, and you'll say, look at this text. Yeah, well. Right? Um, look at point number one. I'll try to be wolves. mesmerized by that, but I'm mesmerized that we have a newspaper <laughs> in this building. Well, it's Suches, right? Downstairs he has, he has in the TV the newsroom. <laughs> I haven't seen one of these in, in ages. <laughs> the question, it's amazing. The question that I have for Wolves that I Thank wanted you, to ask Sutra. you. Okay? That's why this is the Taj Mahal uh, of podcast studios. Yeah, you can get everything There's a here. physical newspaper in here. Yeah. The I, only one in the entire Hubbard Broadcasting building. Here it is. I think you can find a stone and a chisel here too that you can you can leave a <laughs> note right, on. But yeah, show me what you got. Yeah, question number one for you under the wolves says more beneficial to be number one seed or more beneficial to get a team in the first round, maybe as the two or three seed, you feel you'd breeze past versus maybe getting the Pelicans or one of the load management champions such as the Lakers or the Warriors. I happen to actually believe Doogie. I think the twin, the twins, excuse me. I think the Timberwolves would probably be more than just fine taking on Golden State Amen. or or, yeah. or LA. They match up but, fine. Golden State doesn't have the size to me. But to yeah, your, does Curry will the Warriors to one win in that best of seven? Sure. To me, the Wolves beat the Warriors in five games. I really believe that. But to your point, if you're sitting at the one seed, it's tough now with the play-in tournament. But yeah, I think if you're the Wolves, I don't think you'd be super happy if the eight seed was the Pelicans. I think you'd rather see somebody I just named. So. Are the Wolves so good? Jim Peterson on Flagger and Howells basically said, "I this team can go to the finals. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if they can go to the finals. But they can also lose in the first round? Correct. But if they can go to the finals, do you really need to be worried about who you're playing? Because it's not, this isn't like the old days. You can't look at who slotted eight and say, oh boy, we're tied. If we actually lose tonight, we can fall to two and that might be better for us. With the play-in and all that stuff, now you don't necessarily know who you're getting. Yes, although you'll have many days to prepare. Sure. You'll put together multiple game plans, right? Yeah, I mean, we may not know. Let's say the Wolves are the one. So you need to let the seven play the eight. That winner is the seven. Then the eight 
plays the winner of the 9-10, which could be Thursday with game one on Sunday. So you'd have like 72-ish hours to really lock in, but they'll lock in even before that. They'll have all these contingency plans. They'll be ready to go for a game one. Plus, keep in mind, the first round of the playoffs, we could be talking about game one on a Sunday, game two on Thursday. Yeah. Or it could be Saturday game one, game two on Wednesday. There is massive separation between games in the first round of the playoffs. So you have all sorts of time to make adjustments to prepare. But to answer your question, to me, it's matchup. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather be the two if you're telling me you're playing Sacramento or Golden State compared to being the one if New Orleans is the eight. What if you're old like me and you hate staying up late and don't want to watch playoff well, games till 1230? Then in you're the screwed. <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, think about it. Wolves-Bucks on Friday. What time did that game start? Nine o'clock. Game two of a yeah. national doubleheader, yep. right? 9.15 Central time for that tip-off. I'm screwed We may no not be looking what. at 9.15, but we're talking about 8.45-ish tip-offs for, for the Wolves playoff games, certainly the home playoff games. Now, they come back to what I just said, Ross. The Wolves are really, really good at home. Yep. The Target Center is a legit home court advantage. But like you mentioned, the Lakers. I'm sure you've seen the numbers. The amount of free throws they shoot based on the amount of times they drive to the basket. Some would say it's a rig system, Doogie. Yeah, well, <laughs> the evidence suggests something is fishy. I mean, they shoot so many free throws for a team that in terms of driving the ball to the basket, they're middle or below middle of the pack. And it's like, okay, how are you getting all these whistles? How are you shooting all these free throws? So could you imagine Wolves-Lakers in the first round of the playoffs? How often we'll see LeBron and company at the free throw line? Yeah, I would just honestly, I I, I have nothing against LeBron necessarily as the player. I just don't ever need to see him play another basketball game. I know that that's probably mean and not a... Not a great take for somebody who does appreciate basketball, but I've seen it for 20 years. I don't need to see another minute of it. Oh, I want to I, keep seeing it. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I don't. To do what he can do at that age. I'm not diminishing it. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just bored of it. Yeah. And my buddies and I talk about this, Doogie. Do you know what drives me even more crazy? It's just, it's LeBron fatigue. I'm already blanking, but it'll be something stupid like, ESPN will do this. They're showing like highlights of the bleeping Daytona 500. Then they'll be like, here's what LeBron tweeted about the Daytona. I don't give a flying bleep. I don't care about all that stuff. That's what it, that I'm going off on a separate tangent, but that's why LeBron drives me crazy, which is fine. It's so LeBron you fatigue. Know then go wolves. But here's <laughs> the thing too. Like, okay. I think the top four is pretty much set in stone. Not the order, yeah, but it's set in stone. By the way, I think the wolves match up better against OKC, Denver, and the Clippers than they do against teams 5 through 9-ish, 10-ish. Golden State, to me, is an ideal matchup for the Wolves just based on the lack of size. But like we saw what Sacramento did here a couple months ago, Sacramento again on Friday. I still think the Wolves would beat the Kings in a best of seven, but like Sacramento ran the same play 17 times in the second half because it kept working. Do you think some so, of like, that... that's a tricky matchup? Phoenix, do you want to play Phoenix in the first round? I'm telling you, Dallas, like, don't look at the Wolves Mavs games from this year because guess what? Luca was out, Kyrie was out, they just had PJ Washington, they had Daniel Gafford. I think Dallas is a lot better than they were two months ago. Do you think some of the matchup stuff that you're talking about, like, I get it, you're talking like legit matchups on the floor and how teams and players match up with each other. But do you think some of some of looking at the teams that the Wolves are going to play that are somewhere between 5 and 10 right now, do you think some of looking at those teams and thinking, boy, there's actually more problems with those teams than the upper half of the West, just because over the last few years with the Minnesota Timberwolves, they've actually struggled with those teams more than the teams that are in the upper half? Do you get what I'm saying? No, I it, really don't, actually. No, so what I'm getting at is it's possible to me that when the games – I think the Wolves have an issue with do the games really matter when they're playing some of these teams? And then it comes back and it bites them in the you-know-what because they're not ready to play a team that has a record that's a lot worse than them. So what I'm saying is when you meet one of those teams in the playoffs, maybe even the Pelicans, 
are the Wolves going to bring it a little bit more and maybe well, they'll bring the, it if it's the Pelicans, yeah, right? At the end of the day, after what the Pelicans did at Target Center a couple weeks ago, they should. I mean, you were embarrassed by them. Correct. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. Yeah, so I wouldn't. I, I just I'd be more worried about you know the turnovers in the fourth quarter, right? The offense going one way for the first three quarters and going a different way. In the fourth quarter. Correct. But I'm Hero not, ball, lack of ball movement, correct. lack of cutting. But I think that's right? agnostic of the Finchie's opponent. Finchie's favorite that, term, sticky. The ball team. gets sticky, right? Those are things I would worry about. I wouldn't necessarily worry about mindset. How are they going to be thinking heading into that first-round playoff series? Because they are the one or the two seed. So they're just thinking, oh, layup, right? We're the one or we're the two. No problem. We have home court. Like, hey, we'll just, you know, sleepwalk into the second round. No, I wouldn't worry about that. It would be the other stuff I laid out. How far do you think they can go? It's tough to it's tough to go against I think Jim they can Peterson. Win the West. Okay. I mean, I think the Celtics are the clear-cut best team in the NBA. To me, Boston is winning the championship. But, yeah, I think they're good enough. I really do. Because I think the defense is so far above everybody else. That matters. That matters so much. Now, Hey, I get it. Right now, where are they offensive rating-wise? 17, 18? Yeah, they're, they're bottom half. They're in the middle. Of the league. I mean, they're not top 15, so they're second half. So, I mean, that concerns me enough. Heck, I was over at practice on Monday. Mike Conley and Finch and Kyle Anderson, I mean, they were laying out a lot of the offensive issues. So it's something they're working on, right? But I still worry when you've got Ann and Cat, does it just does it turn into... A lot of hero ball, but I think they're capable. I really do. But I'm telling you, it'll come down to matchups. Like, could the pathway potentially be Golden State into the Clippers? Then you avoid Denver in the Western Conference Finals. So maybe Western Conference Finals is OKC or maybe Phoenix. Now, hey, I get it. Like, the Wolves played Denver really well last year. They annihilated Denver in November. So I get it if you're saying, Dukes, what are you talking about? Like the Wolves match up fine with Denver. Denver would still worry me. They really would. I so s- is there a way to avoid Denver? Like somebody else knocks out Denver. And I get it. That's a slippery slope if we're talking about Phoenix potentially sure. in the in the Western Conference Finals. Plus, you know, I just laid out Clippers in the second round. I just don't know if the Clippers have a great matchup for Cat. Like well, I think Cat could dominate a series against the Clippers. But hey, the Clippers could win a few games, right? And then the Clippers could easily win four and eliminate the Wolves. But I'm just saying, to me, can you find a pathway to avoiding the Nuggets slash Pelicans slash sort of Lakers? Although the Wolves do match up well with the Lakers. And, and I still slash think, Mavs a little bit. I still think a team like Denver, who, by the way, is not going to limp into the playoffs. They're also very, very good. Uh, until they're beat because they won the NBA championship last year and obviously won the West. I think you just kind of have to assume that they're going to be the major player foe that you're going to have to get past or somebody is going to have to knock them off. So you don't have to agree. Although different team, right? I mean, no Bruce Brown, yep. no Jeff green. I mean, they're not quite the same. But they team got the Joker as last year. They do. They do. I'm just telling you, I mean, you know, I'm paying attention enough to Denver because my guy Ryan Saunders is on the staff out there. You're asking me how far can the Wolves go? I'm saying win the West. But I think part of that story then would be finding a way to not play Denver, that somebody else knocks out Denver. A couple of quick random questions for you. One is just a random Wolves question. Uh, on Flair and Howells, we do random Wolf of the Week once a week where we just throw out, I throw out clues to Phil Mackey, Kyle Tige. They guess who the random Wolf of the Week is. All right, so you want me to guess? Hey, I was with, I don't think he's very random. He's my guy, well, but I bonded over the weekend with Troy Hudson. Okay, and when because we, he, he's coaches coaching. Yep. the Hopkins 6th grade A team, so we were all in Rochester for, for a youth basketball tournament last weekend. So, you know, and I it, say bonded. I mean, we, you know, intersected in the in the hotel lobby. But I told Troy, as soon as I get through the madness of March, I want to put together a TV story 20-year anniversary. Think about spring of 2004, 20 years ago. KG, Troy, right? That run to the Western Conference Finals. So I told Troy, hey, I need to track you down for an on-camera interview sometime in the next few weeks. Troy is an A-plus dude. I thought it was going to be his son, by the way, his sixth grade son. Yeah. Good basketball player. That's an understatement. I thought you you were going to do a story on the 20-year anniversary of the stress of both worlds. Wasn't that his album? 
I think it was, yes. <laughs> um, yes. No, I was going to ask you, We Random Wolf of the Week is only random from, yeah, I got you, I yeah. got you. It's very good. <laughs> random Wolf of the Week is only <laughs> random in a sense that we're, I'm literally just picking a player at random. Yeah. I have an algorithm. And it basically gets me to a Wolf player from the all-time roster. Okay. okay. All right. So one of them, uh, do you remember Shane Heal? Of course I remember yeah. Shane Heal. So yeah, Shane, from Australia. Shane came on the pod last week. I saw that. It was a riot. Mm-hmm. He had he had great stories to tell. Um, also, he just had really good insight. And I know you got to talk with Flip a lot. I think you were, you were pretty good buddies with Flip. Mm-hmm. He even talked just very quickly about... It just kind of always seemed inevitable that there would be a Marbury and Garnett breakup just because of the the, the two types of personalities that they were. Was that, again, I was younger, but Dukes, I don't remember it being that way the entire run. I did know his final half a season here, whatever it was, that it was pretty evident there were issues. Were there always issues no. behind the scenes? uh uh-uh. Absolutely not. Okay. No. No, short answer is no. I mean, okay. And I mean, he didn't. He didn't Heck, say. If that happened he didn't today, say that, he didn't say that there were either. I'm not putting words yeah. in his mouth. He was just saying you could see because of the two types of personalities, it was going to be tough for them to coexist. Back then, based on the way the rules were set up, that the Wolves were limited in what they could pay Marbury Correct. based on yep. what they paid KG. Think about it. Today, those rules are gone. Yeah, you can basically pay what three guys that so, like, same amount what of I'm money saying or similar. Is, if we could take 26 years ago, 27 years ago, and bring it to today, you know, they'd no be holding issues. hands singing Kumbaya, right? Because the Wolves would give Marbury a max deal. And we'd already have an NBA Finals championship. I mean, <laughs> heck, to this day, Gary Trent Sr., who also, by the way, coaches a sixth-grade yeah, basketball yes, team. he does. Well, yeah, kind of does. I don't even get into all that. But anyway... Gary Trent Sr. to this day swears to me if they had remained completely healthy 20 years ago, he's convinced, now he's biased, right? But he's convinced they would have won the championship. Well, what's the, uh, Gugliotta told this story a while back to Dan Barrero when he was on, this is a couple years ago. I think Gugliotta and Steph were at like an all-star game or they were playing each other. So one of the first times they were playing each other and Steph was just kind of sitting in like the first couple rows while they were doing shoot around and Gugliotta was playing for somebody. I was with the Suns. I think that's where he went. And he walked over and he just sat down by Steph and they both just kind of said, boy, we kind of screwed this thing up, didn't we? Oh, yeah. You know, and Gugliotta openly talked about that where they all kind of realized, you know, what we had in Minnesota, we probably could have just made that work versus all going our they separate ways. But like that 4 team, right, with Spree and Cassell and Hoiberg and Troy and KG is the leader, yeah. and Trenton Hassel and Irvin Johnson. Like, they were good enough. Yeah, they, they were, were the one seed. They were the one. It was Kobe and Shaq. Do they beat Detroit? Well, that's what Gary swears to me, that not only do they beat the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Now, again, it was Kobe and Shaq. Are we sure? Like, fully healthy, are we sure you were beating Kobe and Shaq? But Gary thinks they would have, right, if Sam doesn't get hurt. And wasn't Fred? Or No, Fred was on the ball. So Troy was hurt. There were multiple injuries. Sam well, was yeah, the big one. Well, and and we're missing another guard injury because by game five, Kevin Garnett was bringing the ball up all the time. Well, Hoiberg was which on he the ball was doing a bunch, anyways, but right. So, but I don't remember Fred getting hurt. But yeah, I mean, they had injuries. The big one being Sam Cassell and how exactly he got hurt. Remember yeah, with yeah, flip, yeah, flip told us <laughs> the big balls dance. Correct. Do you believe that? Great stories. <laughs> it's got to be true. Flip said it's got to be true, right? It's got to be true. <laughs> It's got to be true. Uh, I don't think it helped matters. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Here, uh, here, here's a... Here's but a, yeah, I don't know. Do they also then beat Detroit? I, I'm i dubious. I'm not even sure they beat the Lakers. I'll, I'll but say, I'm just telling you, Gary swears, and he'll tell you to this day, right? And I, I'm telling you, like, of course, right? Like, what's he going to say? No, we would have lost. But, like, he's adamant. Every, every time I see him, like, we would have won the championship in 04 if we had stayed healthy. I'll say this. Uh, on the Timberwolves, you mentioned, well, you think they could win the West? I would love to see one of our Minnesota. I want them to win it to win a championship, but I would love to just see a team in a championship game or championship series. And if they lose, okay, so be it. At least you had that fun little ride. My question off of that, 
I've always struggled with this in all sports, Doogie, especially football, because you only have to play a couple games, especially now if you're the number one seed. You don't have to win two games to get to the Super Bowl. Is winning your conference, yes, getting to the championship game is an accomplishment, but do we overvalue winning a conference? Like, Because the ultimate goal is to win the actual championship. So do we... I, I just, I don't know. Like, I think baseball, I've always thought, yeah, winning the American League or winning the National League, that does feel like an accomplishment to me. You had to play 200 games to do that. NFL, NBA, NHL. I think it depends, Hockey is a bit more random. I think like, we I need, just, I don't know. To go case by case, more context. Like the Twins winning a playoff series, heck, winning a playoff game after losing 18 consecutive games. Fair point. But winning a series beating Toronto, right? It was just two quick games, right? But that's the definition of that first-round series in the baseball playoffs. Winning that series, advancing in the playoffs for the first time in, at that point, so 2002, 2023, 21 years. I can do the math, right? Call me Will Hunting. Call me John Nash. So 21 years, right? When you win a playoff series for the first time in 21 years, that matters, right? Like, to me, the bar doesn't always need to be championship or bust. Does that make sense? I I actually do agree with that, which is kind of why it's weird that I would ask that question. But sure, like when the Buffalo Bills go to four straight Super Bowls, at some point you're like, okay, winning the the AFC isn't enough. (laughs) Like, you got to win that last game. Um. Boy, where was I? I don't even remember where I was gonna where I was gonna take this. Now I, I had a thought in my but head. But like to and me, you need to celebrate me. accomplishments like that. Well, okay. Do you celebrate? Maybe just it? doing this long enough, I have a greater appreciation being around a lot of these guys, especially away from sure. whether it's the rink or the court or the field. Just the amount of work they put in behind the scenes. That ninety nine point nine percent of fans never yeah. have an idea. Of. We only see the games in the pregame routine. We don't see the hours. Of I mean, stuff just one of many examples. Games. But I'm over at North Star Training, baseball training in Burnsville, back in early December. Jake Irvin, Washington National starting pitcher from Bloomington. I wish people could have seen the workout that he went through on this Tuesday morning in December. <laughs> Five hours, grueling. And I'm like, Jake, what exactly are you doing? Like, maybe ramp things up after Christmas or after the first of the year. You know, a couple weeks, and then you head down to spring training. You've got five, six weeks in Florida before you open the season late March. Like, really? Do you need to really be grinding in early December to get ready for your first start on April 2nd or April 3rd? That really matters. Use spring training to ramp up. Right? Get your work in down in Florida. And he's like, I have to. Like, if I stop, like, I get so far behind. He cut short a trip to Cabo. A friend of his got married in Cabo because he is so married in the offseason to his specific trainer and how this trainer knows his body better than anyone that he's like, no, I wasn't going to stay in Cabo three extra days and have my trainer send me what to do. Like, I'd get behind. I need him to motivate me. So he's like, he went to Cabo for 36 hours for a wedding. And I'm like, if you're flying to Cabo, like soak it up. Be down there for at least a handful of days. And he flew back 36 hours later so he wouldn't miss a workout. In early December, the Nationals just reported for spring training. Like, why are you going that hard in early December when the season begins on March 28th? But that's the way these guys are wired. So you see stuff like that, and I'm telling you, I just I have a greater appreciation for it doesn't need to be championship or bust. I don't know why he's going that hardcore on the workouts, but I can tell you how he's doing it, Doogie. He's more than likely fueled by Beans Coffee Company. Yeah, well. Just, just crushing the coffee. What is that coffee mug, by the way? What do you got there? Is that- I've got... One son. Oh, after he was oh, born, cute. I've got the other son after Look he was born. Look at you! Yes. Look at you! Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, this this mug means a lot to me. Uh, Beans Coffee Company. Uh, the promo code is Sports Chat. Don't forget that you'll save some money at checkout. They ship on all orders for free, thirty five dollars or more. 
can order by the bag. You can set up a coffee subscription. I love that Perfectus blend and that Mikado. But go to coffeebybeans.com. You'll see all their blends, all the varieties. You'll find something you're looking for. And we all know how important that cup of coffee is, whether you're drinking it in the morning all day long or you need that pick-me-up in the afternoon or evening. Beans Coffee Company, they will help you out with that. Coffeebybeans.com. Promo code SPORTSCHAT. Doogie, two sports quick hitters. I'm going to give you five random questions, and we'll call it good. We're not talking Vikings? No, we're going to get there. They're one of the quick hitters. Do you want to do uh, Vikings or go for football first? Let's do go for football. When's day one of spring practice? Well, when's the spring game so I can plan my travel plans? (laughs) You're giving me crap. You're assuming there's going to be a spring game. There never never (laughs) is anymore. What's going to derail it this year? I'm going with an oil spill or locusts. Something derails it. How about every a typhoon? Typhoon. <laughs> Ebola. <laughs> Ebola. Let's let's hope it's not that. Okay, go for football. Yeah. Uh, if they could have made the money work, PJ was gone, right? The more I've I've heard two different things. I've heard absolutely he would have taken it. I've also heard he had no interest. When you hear no interest, at first I kind of took that face value, but then when you hear no interest, no, obviously there's going to at least be some interest. So the no interest, as Doogie would say. Journalism 101, why is this person lying to me? UCLA just made all the sense in the world. It would have been awful timing for the Gophers. But if they could have made the money work, and if they had the money, he was rowing the boat down to SoCal, wasn't he? So UCLA used a search firm. They talked. They did. The search firm contacted, yes, the search firm had PJ on its radar. I think in the end, UCLA hired the guy. That they really, really wanted. Okay. I think they got their guy. Number that's one. Fair. That's fair. But was PJ part of that process? Yes. I do think there's enough truth that PJ wasn't necessarily yearning to head to Southern California. Okay. That, and that's fair too. I mean, him and Mark Coyle, I can't stress this enough. Like that synergy, that matters. Sure. And would he have that at UCLA? And I get it. It's UCLA, right? We all think glamour job. That is not a good football job. Well, it's that's, not a good job at all. That's been my argument, Doogie, that you can make a case at this point and where we are. Minnesota and UCLA are pretty similar jobs. They are similar jobs. Yeah, and you can make the case. You can do the old bean count, right? You can put a bean on this side for something that UCLA has. You can put something on this side for something that Minnesota has. And at the end, the beans are probably going to be pretty similar. They might be now. You could make a case. You go to UCLA to reset the clock, right? You yep. go to UCLA, Correct. you're guaranteed, what, minimum four to yep. five years? He's a victim of his own success here, just yeah. like I mean, to a degree Glenn PJ, Mason was. As we sit here today, are we positive that if P.J. wants to be the Gophers coach in 2029 that he will be? No, but that's five years from now. Sure, but yep. I'm saying you go to UCLA, you to me, more, you're guaranteed five yep, years. Yep, fair. Are you guaranteed five more years here? No, no. I don't think so. Now, I think he's good enough to always win six, seven-ish games. Are you really going to do better than that here with the current infrastructure, especially the landscape of college football? I mean, the separation of haves and have-nots. Well, and that's Doogie to what you just got to. That, to me, is why he's going to have to jump at some point. And, and and I say this as somebody who I always tell people I'm PJ agnostic, but I lean more towards liking him than I don't. I would never dislike him, but I lean more towards I want him here than I don't want him here. But at some point, if you're only winning six, seven games every year, the well will dry up of universities looking at you. So when somebody like a UCLA is looking at you, you kind of have to look at that and go, well, yeah, restart that clock, get out of the cold. I know not. I learned the family's moved a bit. The kids are in a different place. Is that true? I thought the kids were out in Michigan. Turns out they're in like Saint Missouri Louis. now. Yeah. So I, I don't I know. I think they've been there for a bit. I, I'll say you th- I'll tell you this, Doogie, when you're talking about the team on the field, if our boy Max Brosmer gets injured, and I don't even know if he's going to be any good, but if he gets injured, they're screwed. They got nobody that's going to be ready to play. Now, maybe somebody will surprise you, but when you look at the quarterbacks of the program, it's all redshirt freshman, true freshman, and then Brosmer. Now, so you the Lindsey kid, healthy. I hear good things, but yeah, I get he, it. True freshman, yeah, I understand. Yeah. If Brosmer goes down, you're screwed. But can't you say that about most schools? Now, hey, Illinois has found a chance, right? The last, what, 
or was it just last year? Oh, my backup quarterback. That doesn't matter. I mean, there are examples you can cite, but more often than not, a Minnesota type program, your starting quarterback goes down. You're probably screwed. Unless- I've heard a lot of good things about Brosmer. I had a really nice conversation with him a few weeks ago, but you know, Quincy Avery, this quarterback whisperer trainer down in Atlanta who trains Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields and Deshaun Watson and Josh Dobbs and some other NFL guys. He's worked with Brosmer going back to when Brosmer was like seventh or eighth grade. You know, and Quincy didn't have to return my call, do a Zoom call with me, right? I mean, if he didn't have a healthy opinion of the kid, but he was spewing so much positivity about Max. And I'll tell you what, just talking with him, and even more so off camera than on camera, like, kid gets it. Kid's got a great personality, did not come across as robotic whatsoever. Like, I can see him being a pretty darn good leader. And, I mean, he can make every throw that you need him to make. Super, super smart. Look at his educational background. There's enough there to like. Now, hey, that schedule. Yeah, it's tough. And schedule's it's tough. But the, the home schedule's they got some guys too. Like, Ursary, he's a top three NFL draft pick. Top three round. round not top yeah, three. Yeah, got it. The top three draft, round. The Ariantes are coming for yeah, you. <laughs> Ariante Ursary, the, the Gophers left tackle. To me, he's a Thursday or Friday draft pick. Taylor is... Stud at running back. The fact that they kept Daniel Jackson, that to me is the head scratcher. Like, if you're Daniel Jackson, like, I think you've got a chance to play at the next level. You sure you want to be staying here? You know why? To they, really maximize your draft potential? You know why they kept him, Doogie? Because you drank so much Grey Duck beer oh, you know it. and Parlor Burgers. There you was so much money in yeah. the coffer. That's how they kept Here's him. Here's what I need to see to truly believe <laughs> Quincy Avery was trying to sell me on. The Gophers are changing their offense. Okay. Now, we thought that a year ago. I'd love to see it. Right? I need to see it, right? That they're not going to run the ball 60-whatever percent of the time. He's convinced they are going to throw the ball a ton more with Max. I I truly need to see it to believe it. I don't mind running the ball 60% of the time if you're picking up massive yards and gashing people. It's when you're running it 60% of the time and you're going three and out and punting. Ibrahim, I understood it. It was the formula for winning games, right? I didn't have a problem with it. It's not like easy on the eyes, but I understood it from PJ Flex standpoint. But now that you have Brosmer, now, hey, Taylor needs to touch the ball a lot, right? But utilize him in the pass game. But I'm just telling you, Quincy was trying to sell me on the Gophers are about to open this thing up a lot more. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'm hearing you, but I need to really truly see it. Then I'll believe it. Let's have another conversation in late September. On the uh, Minnesota Vikings, Doogie, I think their off season's off to a good start, and I mean that this way. I think it's off to a good start because I don't think anybody has any idea what the hell they're going to try and do. I don't think anybody knows if Kirk Cousins is coming back or not. I don't don't think they know. Exactly, and that's what I mean. So So how are we supposed to know if they don't know? But in a weird way, I think that that, to a degree, can play to their benefit when you're trying to when you get to the draft, it's a little bit different because you'll know if Cousins is gone or not. But I think in a weird way, that uncertainty can help you in some ways, and maybe maybe it will, but they don't know if Cousins is going to be back. I think, I've heard other people that are far smarter than me say this, because the salary cap's going up, maybe that even hurts your chances of getting Daniil Hunter back because somebody else can now offer him even more money. And oh, by the way, now there's the, oh, the Vikings could possibly be open to trading Justin Jefferson. Then Quasi says, no, no, we're not. But again, who's really telling the truth? There's a, well, I mean, that's the beauty, a, right? There's a lot I mean, happening here. This is fun. I remember Rick Spielman one day saying, we're not trading Stefan Diggs. And then next thing you know, they trade yeah. Stefan Diggs. Now, in the case of Quasi, I take him at face value. Okay. Like, and I said this Tuesday morning on Score North. Like, and I've mentioned this even b- way before Tuesday, but. The two sides were so close to a contract agreement on Saturday, September 9th, That's the, the day before part that opener here. against Tampa. The Vikings in that moment were willing to make him minimum the highest paid receiver in the game, right? There were multiple Vikings officials, Ross, that were convinced the deal was getting done. Like if you had spoken to them at noon on Saturday, September 9th, they would have told you, yeah, we're getting this thing done. Ultimately, didn't get done. I understand that. But that's how close the two sides were. They're going to get a deal done. 
I, I firmly believe that. I hope so. That Justin I, Jefferson isn't going anywhere. Independent of who the quarterback is, I think for his next contract, it's better for the Minnesota Vikings for him to be here than not be here. Even if you don't have Kirk Cousins next year, you don't have Daniil Hunter, and you might not win a lot of games next year, it's still better for the franchise to have him on the roster. On the Cousins front, where are you? Do, do your thoughts continue to change by the day? Do you still have a belief of what will happen? I know uh, KOC said yesterday at the combine. I, I don't want to. Uh, I don't have the quote directly in front of me, but he basically said, I, "I think we'll work something out." But again, that could just be hope. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. But also, he's going to know more than the average duck on that because he's heavily connected to the head coach of the quarterback. So, what do you think will happen with Mister Kirk Cousins? I have waffled a little bit, but have been pretty steady for a while saying, heck, even going back six to nine to 12 months, that the Vikings have this price point. I don't know what that price point is, but that the Vikings are not going to exceed that price point, which also includes guarantees. And hey, what does that look like for guarantees beyond 2024? So let's say the 2025 season. How much money are the Vikings willing to guarantee? Certainly they would want some sort of out if he tears his other Achilles, right? There's there's enough evidence out there, right? Once you tear one Achilles, right, aren't you that much more susceptible to tearing your other Achilles, right? We're talking about him turning 36 in October, right? So you need to have some sort of injury protection. Wherever he signs, there's going to be injury protection in the contract, right? If he tears his Achilles again in 2024, like you can't be on the hook for a bunch of money in 2025, right? So every team will have some sort of injury protection in their offer. But like I've I've waffled the last handful of weeks like I was convinced the morning of October 30th so the Vikings Cousins plays brilliantly the Vikings win at Lambeau on Sunday October 29th but at the end of that game he tears his Achilles. I was pretty adamant like on the Monday after and moving on October, November, December into January, hey, the Vikings chances of retaining Kirk Cousins are that much better because he tore his Achilles versus if he kept rolling. Like, think about the game against the Niners or even the game against the Packers, right? He was so good that some team was going to blow him out of the water, but that that money's not going to be there anymore because of the Achilles injury at his age. Here's where I'm waffling, though. So I thought that, you know, late October, 30th, 31st, into November, into December, into January, heck, even into February a little bit. Now as we're getting closer, all it takes is one team that I do think there is a team out there that is going to blow the Vikings offer out of the water. So then it comes down to, is he willing to take some sort of team-friendly deal? How much does he truly love it here? I believe he loves it here. But he's also somebody, Ross, that has found a way to maximize his earning potential. And I just don't see why that would all of a sudden stop. And so I don't know who that team is. You know, does Atlanta trade for Justin Fields? I mean, Atlanta's going to do something, but does Atlanta trade for Justin Fields? Or is Atlanta's number one target, Kirk Cousins? I firmly believe Atlanta has Cousins on their radar, but, you know, what do they do? You know, some scuttlebutt about Denver. What does Denver do? Perhaps Las Vegas. All it takes is one team, right? That the money is going to be out there, and it's not going to be the Vikings willing to pay him this boatload of money. So if he does come back, it's going to be under the Vikings terms. Well, and I think they set that precedent last year with pretty much every aging veteran that was on the roster where they basically told them, you know, you can take this amount of money. Sure. Jordan Hicks, yep. Harrison Smith, Harrison hey, Smith, or we'll take re- the cutter, you're yep. gone. Or we'll yeah. release you. They did the same thing with Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. I know there were other players too. Mm-hmm. It does seem like Kirk Cousins is going to have to decide, do I take the Vikings offer, which of course will be a good offer, life-changing money for basically everybody else, but it could be as simple as what you laid out, Doogie. Oh, but over the course of the contract and the guarantees, I'm just going to say Atlanta, I can go to Atlanta and make $40 million more guaranteed. Well, maybe I have to do that. But then maybe he would also say, well, I've also made a couple hundred million dollars. Maybe I don't have to do, have to do that. It seems like ultimately even though the Vikings could ultimately up their offer and do more if they wanted to, it seems like ultimately it's going to come down to him. If he, oh, I if, think it will if, come down to if him. He yes. wants, if he wants to take, He's got take the, the pay cut, he, yeah. he can do it. Correct. But, like, think about Atlanta. So they hire Zach Robinson from the Sean McVay coaching tree 
as their OC. You think about the weapons. You think about Atlanta's offensive line. Solid. Not quite Detroit's, but good offensive line. Right? As good as the Vikings, if not better than the Vikings. Right? You've got the weapons down there. Plus, the landscape of the NFC South compared to the landscape of the NFC North for the next couple years. Still gets to play indoors, too. Indoors. He's he's good indoors. Wife's family's from down there. You're that much closer to your folks in Florida. Right? I mean, I think Atlanta, I can make a compelling case for the Atlanta Falcons. Like, really, for the next two years, even if Cousins is back and you're signing Jefferson to a long-term deal on Daniil... I've said it for a while, Ross. I think he's going to take the richest offer, whether that's Jacksonville, Chicago, someone else. And I have a hard time believing it's the Vikings. And I'm positive, by the way, he loves it here. And Brian Flores loves him. But he didn't cash out his last yeah, contract. That's it. This is it. He's so playing catch up. I just have a hard time believing it's going to be the Vikings that are going to make him the richest offer. To me, it's comparable to Dalvin Tomlinson last year. Remember, the Vikings pushed back the void date. They were hopeful to bring back Dalvin. They certainly had some talks. Guess what? Cleveland's offer blew the Vikings offer out of the water. Dalvin Tomlinson moves on to the Cleveland Browns, but the Vikings did want to retain Dalvin Tomlinson. So like they do want to retain Daniel Hunter, but I have a hard time believing the Vikings make him the biggest money offer. So like I see him gone, but like, look at the next two years, Detroit, Chicago, Green Bay. What is the Vikings pathway to making the playoffs, to ultimately winning the Super Bowl, what does that look like compared to Atlanta's chances, hypothetically? Or if you want to use one of the other examples. Now, hey, if we're talking Denver or Las Vegas, best of luck. Now with Jim Harbaugh coaching the Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Best of luck in the AFC West. But I'm just saying Atlanta specifically, wouldn't you take your chances in Atlanta before you take your chances here? Well, and people always say, well, and I've been one of those people. If he if he wants to make it work and win a Super Bowl, he should take the pay cut and stay here. It's also possible, to your point, Doogie, he could take more money and be closer to a Super Bowl somewhere else, to your point. I I, I don't know. I, He's I, got the hammer, though. That's yeah. the bottom line. Yes, this isn't the Vikings controlling the situation. This is absolutely Kirk Cousins controlling the situation. Before we close with five filler questions, go deep into your notebook of scoops, your biggest Minnesota myth scoop. Go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I did here? Do you, do you have one? Yeah, of course I do. You I have do. One. This is of how, course you have one. This is how funny that is. I forget his name, Tali. He's the former Hopkins varsity football coach. So Hopkins recently underwent a coaching change. In fact, to bring this... Full circle with Gopher football talk. Brian Cupido, former Gophers quarterback, is, is going to be helping out. He'll be on the staff. I don't believe he's going to be the head coach at Hopkins, but that's great. In fact, I, I got to catch up with Cooper. Is he back in the area then? Because for a yeah. while he was in His Mad daughter Town. is an all-world basketball player okay. at Good Hopkins, for him. by the way. And so she's going to play Division One. It's just a matter of where she plays Division One, but she's a Division One player. Then he's got a son that's an incredible athlete, basketball, football, Good for him. So, yeah. He he did an interview with me on the Coop's now great. defunct Score North Gophers show about three, four years ago. Yeah. From the airport in why Fargo. It, why is it defunct? Well, we haven't done it for five all years. Right, well, <laughs> Maybe you're we'll, too busy creating all these exactly. 207 episodes exactly. of this exactly. marvelous podcast. But anyway, so. What's the, what's the scoop? The scoop is the former head coach <laughs> is going to end up helping out Ricky Foggy. So, I don't know what okay. the role is. And uh, Tali, I, I don't know if that's a nickname. I should know his name. It might be on the website. When you go to their website, My older son, they have. I don't know where he gets the athleticism from. It's not from me. I'm not sure it's from my wife. Uh, but he doesn't play football. He may. I mean, he turns 13 here in a couple of weeks. So right now he's 12, right? So to me, you can always, if you're a good athlete, you can always pick up football later. But he's baseball, basketball. So I'm not paying as much attention in our school district of, okay. of the football happenings. But I did hear that rumbling that, that the former coach who Hopkins hasn't won a game in three years. So it's easy to see why they made a coaching change. Just hasn't gone well, although a lot of the good athletes at Hopkins don't play football, unfortunately. So his hands are tied behind his back in many ways. But anyway, I did hear that he, nicknamed Tali, we follow each other on Twitter too. I should know his full name. Anyway, I had heard that he was helping out Ricky Foggy with the myth. Here's my Minnesota myth scoop. Uh, They open the season in early May. They'll be playing at Target Center. Uh, Tickets are on sale. I have looked and I can tell you, Doogie, they are currently 
readily available. Okay. And I think slightly overpriced. So a better chance of landing a myth ticket than a Caitlin Clark, Iowa, Minnesota ticket tonight? One thousand percent. One thousand percent. Taylor Swift or (laughs) myth? Or myth. You're you're going to the myth. And not that myth in Maplewood. What about Ross Brendel's PA announcer? I, they or a little play by play. Doogie, if you know somebody, I have I have reached well, I mean, out. I know Lee. Yeah, well, give Lee my. I have reached. Yeah. I have reached it's out Lee's to his wife. Ge- that's the big boss. But I have I reached Lee. out to their yeah. general inbox twice, okay. and I haven't heard back. Right. So set. Well, I'll set, give you a phone number later. I'd, I'd love right. to help them out in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. I'm always looking for a little cash, and it would be fun. I know you are. That's why I brought it up. Okay, let's close. Right. Let's give close. It to me. Let's close with this. Five filler questions. Number one. Yes or no on the Shamrock Shake at McDonald's? I haven't had a Shamrock Shake in years. That might just be diet related because I am a fan. Thumbs up on the Shamrock okay. Shake, but I bet the last time I had one might have been COVID year. I like allow, we may have to go back to March of 2020. I bet it's been years since I've had one. I allow myself no more than two a year. Mm-hmm. Last year, I didn't even have one. So I think this year it means I can have four. <laughs> I won't do that. I'm going to have it. Now, did somebody tell me? Are they now mixing in Oreos with the Shamrock Shake? Well, I think you can get that at... Uh, oh, can you get that anyway? That's like Culver's will do that. And I know Dairy Queen has a mint Oreo blizzard, which is good. But specifically McDonald's, I thought... Well, maybe they are. There's some variation. I don't know. But anyway, the traditional Shamrock Shake, thumbs up. I just haven't had one in a while. Number two. I brought up Shane Heal's name earlier. Off the top of your head, I don't even need a story. Most obscure Minnesota Timberwolf of all time is who? Gundars Vetra. I don't even know who that is. Exactly. What year? Early 90s? Google it. Okay. Google it real quick <laughs> because I also think of no, Stoiko Vrankovic. I, I can't because I can't spell Gundars Vetra. And Rasho could play. Stoiko could play too. But the beautiful thing about Stoiko was, I don't know if it was like a pack, but the amount of cigarettes he smoked I've heard before this. games yeah. that performed at a pretty darn high level, so darn Impressive. So Stoiko Vrankovic, but yeah, Google Gundars Vetra, G-U-N-D-A-R-S. In fact, I can do it. Here we go. Right? <laughs> I told you we would make this podcast quick and we're pushing an hour. I know, but I told so. you I was good okay. time-wise. I would have right, told good. you if I wasn't. All right, good. I appreciate Gundars that. Gundars Vetra. 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 Was this somebody, was this the classic draft him in the second round, stash him, comes over five He's years now later? 56 years old. Oh, so this is really Latvia. early. Okay. All right. Well, you said obscure. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine with it. That, All right. th- that's why I asked the question. He played for the Timberwolves for one season, the 92-93 season. <laughs> okay. I remember it not so well. So how about that? That's oh. as random as it gets. His career stats. You ready? Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> He was here for one season, so okay. the 92-93 season. Can I guess since you're laughing? I'm going to yeah, go with go like ahead. 0.7 points, like less than a point a game. Didn't start one game. How about, Only played in 13 games all year, okay. right? So they play 82. He played in 13. How about less than a point a game and like 1.2 rebounds? This sounds 6. like a, 6.8 minutes per game. This sounds like a tall guy who could rebound maybe. Points per game. Three and a half. Okay, good Not for bad. him. Good for him. All right. How about this though? Look at his three-point percentage. Look at that. Wow, almost 50%. No, no, no. What's that? One oh, point. thousand. I looked at the wrong He didn't one. miss a three. <laughs> well, how many did he shoot? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> he did not miss a three-pointer in his NBA career. He we was, talking like one three-pointer maybe? Dukes, he was ahead. I mean, the other obscure one, by the way. Go ahead. He was ahead of his time being yeah. that good at three-pointers. Let me see his basketball reference page. The other one, the great story is Trevor Winter. Right, with his son now, Nolan, sure. yep. at Wisconsin. But Trevor's one of my guys. Ran into him at the airport a few months ago. Caught up with him in the Delta Club. Does he know, his, Trevor. Does he know his son will never get a job in this town? Oh, he'll be okay. <laughs> Trust me, Nolan will be plenty fine. Yeah, how about this? Gundar Svetra. Did you find how many threes he shot before we go to question number uh, three? Point two? Would that be then just two overall? Maybe I'm not John Nash and Will Hunter. It's okay. We'll get Declan on it. Declan can look it up for us. Is there a game log? Hold on. I got it. Game logs. Here we go. I mean, remember, there's only 13. All right. (laughs) Yeah, here we go. All right. Three for three. Whoa, look at him. Yeah, so (laughs) he made his first NBA three-pointer March 18th, 1993, in a loss at Charlotte. Then the next night, he was on fire. 
Next night, it was a back-to-back. The Wolves play in Atlanta. So they go from at Charlotte to at Atlanta. Another game they lose by a lot of points. So they lost at Charlotte by 28. The next night, they lose at Atlanta by 18. He ends up shooting two three-pointers in that game. Made them both. Gundars Vetra. But Trevor Winter, I believe, only made an appearance in one game. So Gundars can say he played 13 games. Right, even if it was garbage time, but he got in 13 NBA games. Trevor Winter, for his entire NBA career, by the way. So, obscure wolf, but he didn't play in the NBA anywhere else. He played in, like, one game for, like, one minute. I also remember being excited when I saw the Wolves had Trevor Winter because you remember, you remember, yeah. you know, the, the, the final four run. That did happen, even mm-hmm. if the NCAA tries telling us that it didn't. Number three. All right, but, yeah, Gundar Svetcher. Underrated Minnesota vacation getaway. You doing traveling in Minnesota? Where do you like to go? North Shore. I mean, I don't know if that's underrated. Yeah, okay. But love the North Shore. You know what? I was in Rochester last weekend. There's a lot of restaurant options. There's, oh, there's a good amount to do. If you want to drive just 30 minutes. Breweries all over in Rochester. Yeah, big fan of Rochester. But yeah, North Shore. I mean, you can't go wrong North Shore. Canadian honker in Rochester near Mayo. Okay. Nice little all restaurant. Right. Number four. Worst office mate, Joe Schmidt, Chris Long, or Alec Osmus? <laughs> Who's the worst? I'm going to get you in trouble here, and I'm going to clip it and send it to him. Oh, please do. <laughs> Alec Who's is so low maintenance, so it's not Alec. So we're down to <laughs> Joe and Chris. I guess pick the day. Okay. It depends, right? Joe can be so locked in, and Joe's got so much other stuff going on, right? Especially yep. right now with the book with Joe Maurer, right, that... Joe is laser focused sometimes on other stuff. So like he's so laser focused that, you know, we'll engage, but it's not like we're going back and forth for hours. Sure. Right. Chris, like he's got the gift of gab, right? So there will be times where like, I'm trying to work on something and Chris is just yap, 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 yap. Right. So maybe it's Chris, but still one of my favorite people. No, he's, he's a good dude. Mm -hmm. That was solely me just trying to get you in trouble. Here we go. Final one. Number five. Favorite vulgar word to utter when somebody makes you angry on the road. You don't have to say it. You can just intimate. When when somebody cuts me off, I have a word that I yell, and I won't repeat it here. Or, or, or I don't just, know if there's a favorite. What, what just makes you feel better when somebody does something? You're like, yeah. you bleep. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's... D-I-P-S-H-I-T. Okay. Right. Other times it's the A word. Other times it's M-F-er. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it varies. It really truly depends. Uh, I've tried to keep my road rage well, under control. There's I just so many just yes. ludicrous stories out there. Yes. There's been awful stories. Just dumb. You know what happening. And it's like, I don't need to risk based on. You know, if somebody is in the left lane going 55, whatever, maybe I'll sort of ride there behind yeah. a little bit, but they're not going to speed up. I'm not going to honk. I'm not going to try to move over and cut them off, move back to the left lane. Well, like, and I you, don't need to be, you know, speaking of a-hole, I don't need to be that a-hole. Correct. And you also need to set an example for the youth because you're driving around a couple of, uh, I didn't know what I was going to say. You're driving around. Youth. Yeah, a couple of youth. Yeah, you're, I mean, pretty quick here, a teenager, but yeah, a 12-year-old and a 9-year-old. So, yeah, they're in the car plenty. You're molding so, yeah, the but future. I'd be lying also, Ross, if I told you that I've never uttered something in their presence, right? So they've seen me maybe blow a gasket from time to time with a little bit of road rage, but, you know, I'm not, you know, flicking anybody off. I'm not cutting anybody off. I'm not doing anything too drastic. Kids doing good, though? Kids are good. Good. Good, Yeah, good, I'm good. not quite sure the older one enjoys school, but... You know, eh, whatever. He goes, right? <laughs> to me, he's going through the motions, but whatever. As long as we can turn him into, you know, street smart. You know, if the book smart comes at some point, great. But as long as he's got some street smart about him and, you know, treats people the way that, you know, he wants to be treated. And he'll figure out what he wants to do. He's a kind young man, right? That's... He's got a big heart. So that to me is what matters most. And he's got a bunch of friends and he's active in sports, basketball, baseball. The nine-year-old, he's a rebel, right? Like, I think he's going to be a stand-up comic. Like, he's hilarious. Sweet. Play sports, but more oh. for social aspect, not like truly competitive. The, se- the seventh grader is uber competitive. Speak- like speaking of needs to play everything at the highest level and like loses, isn't quite crying, but it's more frustration. Like 
He'll start. He'll start screaming. Did that, those did that come from you? That that competitive uh, side to a degree, maybe a little bit. Uh, yeah. We're recording this on Wednesday in closing, Doogie. I'm sure you saw this. Uh, Richard Lewis passed away today that. on the comedian side. So, in fact, I thought a bit of, of a bummer. Was it two episodes ago, or was it the season premiere? Yeah, they so talk about the who's going to yeah, die, who's die first. Gonna die first. Yeah. 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 Sad, sad. Yeah, but I mean, he announced, what, like a year ago, two years ago, Parkinson's? Yeah. So, I mean, we kind of knew it was coming. It still was a shocker when I saw the headline today, but yeah. Rest in peace, Richard Lewis. Dukes, Dukes, you're the best. You gave me a half an hour more than I thought you, you would, it, Ross, and I don't you. mean that negatively, but thank you so much for doing that. I really appreciate it. If somebody survived all the way through this entire podcast, <laughs> <laughs> God Say, love you. Name that wolf again. What was the guy's name? Gundars Vetra. Yeah. Somebody listening goes, hey, I remember that guy, mm-hmm. and I don't. I'll fully admit that. That's Darren Doogie I'm Wolfson. I'm showing my age, Ross. Love you. See you. From ya. Channel 5 KSTP, Score North, the Scoop Podcast. You see them all over the place. I'm Ross Brendel saying thank you so much for listening. Use that promo code SportsChat at CoffeeByBeans.com. Do not forget to do that. Subscribe on YouTube. Rate and review kindly. I'm back again real soon. Thanks for listening to Minnesota Sports Chat. Presented by Beans Coffee Company. Use the promo code SportsChat. That's one word, SportsChat to save at checkout. Follow Ross on X at the Ross Brendel. Like and subscribe to Minnesota Sports Chat wherever you get your podcasts. Rate and review kindly.